Welcome to Gospel Truth with Andrew Womack, a teaching ministry that focuses on God's unconditional love and grace. Jesus forgave us of all sin, past, present, and even future sin. The first time I realized that Jesus took the absolute penalty, punishment, all of it for my sins, that was freedom for me. And now, here's Andrew. Welcome to our Monday's broadcast of The Gospel Truth. Today, I'm beginning my third week of teaching on a subject that I've entitled, Discover the Keys to Staying Full of God. This is taken from Romans chapter 1, verse 21. And I tell you, I think that this is one of the most practical things that the Lord has shown me. This is something that I have been living now for 50 years. And uh, I won't go back and reteach everything I've said in the last two weeks, but it's been very important. And it's basically about how it's up to you whether you have the love, the joy, the anointing, the peace of God. It's not up to God. And I have so many people that come to me and they basically are saying, without saying it in these words, that I have no power, no authority. Would God please touch me? Would God please release His love, His joy, His peace, His anointing in my life? And that's totally the wrong attitude. God has already abounded towards us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. That's Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3. God's already done everything. You are already loaded. You've got everything on the inside of you. Once you get born again, your spirit is perfect and complete. When you go to heaven, you won't get a new spirit. The spirit you have is not going to be cleansed or refurbished, uh, empowered more with the Holy Spirit. Right now, the spirit on the inside of you is as perfect and complete as it will ever be. You've already got all of the love, joy, and peace, long-suffering, all of the fruit of the Spirit, Galatians 5, 22 and 23. God has already done everything. If you aren't full of God, of love, joy, peace, anointing, whatever, it's not God that hasn't given it's you that hasn't received. It's like, you know, a pipe or something that God is flowing through. He flows through you. Ephesians 3.20 says, Now unto him who is able to do exceeding abundantly above all we ask or think. And most people stop right there and put a period. But it goes on to say, According to the power that works in us. God flows through you. He doesn't flow without you. He doesn't come from the outside in. He comes from the inside out. And so it's like, you know, water flowing through a pipe. God is always flowing, but you can clog up your pipe. You can get to where you aren't allowing what God has done to flow through you. And this is kind of what I've been saying for two weeks, that God is not the variable. God is not the one who just loves you at certain times. It's you that certain times perceive the love of God. Sometimes you are open to what God is doing in your life. And other times your pipe is clogged up. It's always on your end that the blockage is. And so if you understand that, that first of all, that's, that's a tremendous revelation right there if you didn't get anything else, just to understand that God is faithful. God is always fired up about you. He loves you passionately. He wants to release His love towards you more than you want it. He wants you to be healed more than you want to be healed. He wants you to be prosperous more than you want to be prosperous. It's never God who, for whatever reason, isn't giving. It's you that somehow or another has a blockage that is stopping the flow of God. 
If you understand that one principle, that'll make a huge difference. Just to know that, God, whatever problem I'm experiencing right now, it's not your fault. I know that you have provided, that you are a good God, and whatever is stopping your blessing from manifesting in my life, it's my fault, it's somebody else's fault, but it's not your fault. That right there, if you didn't even know how to get the blockage out of the way and let the blessing of God flow, that would give you a lot of peace and it would let you know that God loves you regardless of what's going on. So that's huge. And I've been talking about this for two weeks, but I've been specifically talking about how do you unstop this flow of God. If God loves you and if God has already provided all of these things for you, what is it that we do? And let me uh, make this point. I've already made it during this series. But it's not that we do certain things and then God in response to us flows. Now that's what most Christians think, that I've got to do something to earn God's favor and blessing in my life. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying God by grace has already released everything that He is and has and wants to do in your life. It's already released by grace. But we can block the flow. When we begin to start doing certain things, that doesn't cause God to start loving us, healing us, delivering us, prospering us. But what it does, it removes the blockages that were in us that were stopping God's goodness from coming. Now, that's a big difference. I am not saying we do these things to get God to do something. No, God already loves you, but there are things we can do that will stop and hinder the power of God in your life. God is a gentleman. God is not going to force Himself upon you outside of your free will. And many times it's not that we go out and intentionally say, all right, I want to be sick, I want to be poor, I want to be defeated. We don't intentionally go out and pursue those things, but we don't pursue God. And by default, we are just occupied with the cares of this life, the deceitfulness of riches, the lust of other things. They enter in and it chokes the Word. It chokes the flow of what God wants. So it's not always deliberate, but one way or the other, it's always us that is stopping the flow of God's goodness towards us. And I know that there's some people watching this and saying, well, you're, you're condemning me. You're saying that it's my fault. Yes, that's what I'm saying, that it is your fault, but I'm not saying it in a condemning way. It actually is encouraging to me to find out that, God, you're faithful. You're good all of the time, not just some of the time, not just when I'm deserving it, but you're always good. Your grace is sufficient. Father, it, it blesses me to find out that He's always good and that it's my fault that I am the one who has let my mind drift away from God. I'm not keeping my mind stayed upon God, and that's the problem. It's a blessing to find out I'm the problem because I can change me. But if God's the problem, well, then how do you change God? Well, this is what religion basically is all about. They teach you how to fast and pray and make God move, or you call the prayer chain and He won't answer your prayer, but maybe if you could get a thousand people to pray, and if you could put pressure on Him, you could... See, that's what religion is all about. It's all of these things that we have to do to get God to do something. But I'm saying that God has already blessed us. You don't need to get God motivated. What we've got to do is get rid of the blockages that are in us that stop the flow of God through us. And that's what we've been talking about. Anyway, that was a lengthy introduction, but that was really good. I tell you, most people don't know the things that I was talking about. 
Romans 1.21 says, Because that when they knew God, they glorified Him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened. Now, I've been teaching on this, like I said, for two weeks. And all, the context of this is it's talking about how God gave an intuitive revelation of Himself to every person who has ever lived on this planet. But that doesn't mean that every person has received that revelation. It's there. God has pricked every heart. He's talked to every person. Some of you may have just flipped through the dial and you may be wondering, what is this about? A guy just sitting down talking about God and you may not even believe in God and you may say, I'm an atheist or whatever, but that's on, in, in your heart based on these scriptures. Romans 1, 18 through 20 says, God has shown himself to you, even his eternal power and Godhead so that you are without excuse. You know, if you put a gun to an atheist uh, head, and say, I'm going to kill you. You know, that atheist will go, oh, God. <laughs> and they say they don't even believe in God. But when they're in trouble, they cry out to God. It's a mind game. People can talk themselves out of things, but at a heart level, everybody knows there's a God. But Romans 1.21 talks about how you can walk away from that knowledge. And the rest of this chapter talks about how you can deaden yourself, harden yourself towards this intuitive inner uh, conviction of God to the point that down here in verse 28, you become reprobate. That means that you no longer have any knowledge of God, no conviction of God. God will not force himself upon you. And if year after year after year, time after time, you just reject the Lord, he will eventually let you go your own way and you will have no more conviction of God. That's a terrible, terrible state to be in, because in John chapter 6, verse 44, I think that was Jesus speaking, no man can come to me except the Father draw him. And so if God quits convicting you, if you harden your heart at, to the point that he just says, all right, you've made your choice, go for it. You are damned. There is no hope of, of salvation once God quits pricking your heart. So this is a desperate situation. But what I've been focusing on in verse 21 is that you have to take progressive steps in a sequence away from God and turn against God to deaden yourself to this inner conviction. And you could apply the same thing to everything else. The things that I said at the beginning of the program about how God has already blessed you and it's like a pipe and the living water is flowing, but you've got something clogging it up. You have to do things to clog up the flow of God especially speaking to those of you who are born again and you have made Jesus your Lord, you are a completely brand new person. And in your spirit, you have the fullness of the Godhead in you bodily. Colossians chapter 2 verses 9 and 10 say that. You have it, but it may not be coming out. You may not have any of the joy of the Lord, any of the healing of the Lord, any of the blessing of the Lord. It may not be manifest, but it's in you. But there are things you had to do to stop that flow. And this is what I've been talking about for two weeks. The first thing is you don't glorify God. The word glorify means to render or esteem glorious. The word esteem means to value or to prize, to honor, to put worth and value upon. And I tell you, man, I could go back and preach these things all over again because I know that not everybody 
watches this program on a daily basis. And even those who watch it on a daily basis, uh, after you watch this program, you go out in the world and wash it down with so much doubt and unbelief that we need to hear these things over and over. This is just critical that you have to place value upon God. You have to esteem Him and value and prize God higher than anything else. The second thing we talked about was that you have to be thankful. And being thankful and valuing God are really linked. They are synonymous. You can't really value God and what He has done in your life if you aren't thankful. The word thankful implies that you have to remember you know, you can't be thankful for what you haven't gotten yet. You are thankful for what has happened in the past. It says over in Peter that certain people, if you walk away and don't add to your faith virtue and to virtue, all of these things, and if you don't do this, then you are blind and cannot see afar off and have forgotten that you were purged from your old sins. You know what? You have to remember what Jesus has done. Not only your forgiveness of sins, but every time He has come and comforted you when you were in a bad situation, every time you've prayed for something and God brought you through, you have to remember these things. And part of memory is being thankful. Go back and rehearse your victories. It says twice in 2 Peter, 2 Peter chapter 1 and chapter 3 says, I stir you up by putting your pure minds in way of remembrance. Did you know that memory will stir you up? And thanksgiving, being thankful is an important part of memory. And thankfulness is specifically talking about remembering the good things. There are some people that remember but what they remember is all of the bad stuff. They remember all of the hurts and the pains. They remember everything that has happened to them. You know, there are some people watching this that I am not making light of your situation. I know that people go through terrible things. We live in a fallen world and there are demonic things happening. And I mean, some of you have been through the ringer backwards and I am not making light of that. I know that we have problems, but we magnify it when we just focus and remember the bad. There are some people watching this program that it has been 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, 40 years ago that your life was just, you know, attacked and Satan did something to you. And again, I'm not minimizing. I'm not saying that it wasn't bad, but I'm saying that for you to be still dominated and controlled by that 10, 20, 30, 40 years later, it's because you have rehearsed it. One of the things I was teaching out of uh, Psalms chapter 69, and I believe it's verse 30, where Jesus said that He magnified God with thanksgiving. You make God bigger when you remember the good things that He does. On the contrary, when you remember the bad things that have happened, you make that bigger. And there are some people that have rehearsed their failures so many times that they have just magnified these problems to the point that they are overwhelming. Again, I'm not saying that we don't have problems. But you know, it's like Jesus said in John chapter 16, verse 33. He says, in the world you shall have tribulation. Now that right there shows you that, you know, just because you love God and you're serving God doesn't guarantee that you are going to live a life without any problems. No, you are going to have tribulation. And if you take that in its context, He was speaking to His disciples the night before His crucifixion. 
So when he says, in the world you shall have tribulation, he could have said, like, in the next 30 minutes <laughs> when I come to be arrested and they come to take me and all of you are going to be afraid and you're going to scatter and Peter, you're going to deny me. He could have said, in the next 30 minutes you're going to have tribulation. And they went through some terrible things. But in that same verse, John 16, 33, in the world you shall have tribulations, but be of good cheer, for I have overcome the world. He commanded us to be of good cheer, even in these trying situations. Why? Because Jesus had overcome the world. So we don't only praise God and be thankful when everything is going good. There's many people watching this that I know you're thinking, well, if my situation was better, then I would be thankful. No, that's not the way it works. You have to be thankful right where you are. And then that thanksgiving, I used these verses earlier, but in Matthew chapter 21, Psalms chapter 8, Jesus quoted from Psalms chapter 8, verse 2, and he changed some words so that he says that out of the mouth of babes and sucklings thou hast perfected praise. But Psalms chapter 8, verse 2 says thou hast ordained strength. So you put those verses together and you find out that praise is strength to still the enemy and the avenger. If we would start thanking God right now for what we have, and yes, maybe there's things that are wrong, and maybe the future looks bleak, and the doctor has told you you're going to die, your mate told you they're divorcing you, your business is closing. You know, maybe, I'm not saying that these things don't exist, but if you would start being thankful for what you do, it magnifies God. It makes Him bigger. Again, going back to this illustration that you got a pipe and God's power and His flow is there, but it's clogged up. You are stopping it. When you start magnifying God and being thankful and reminding yourself of the goodness of God, it starts breaking up that clog. The power of God will flow through you and it can give you the power that you need to overcome and to be victorious in that situation. You don't wait until you're on the other side of the Red Sea before you start praising God. You need to be like Moses, it says, you know, that we are going to see the salvation of the Lord today. And he praised God and gave God credit on this side of the Red Sea before it was parted, while the enemy was still bearing down on him. Anybody can praise God on the other side of the Red Sea. You got to learn how to be thankful. And again, Psalms chapter 69, verse 30, says that you magnify God with thanksgiving. When you start thanking God and remembering the goodness of God and the great things that He's done for you in the past, it makes God bigger. Did you know your mind, I use this example already, but uh, it's just powerful. Your mind is like a magnifying glass. And whatever you focus your attention on, whether it's good or bad, will become bigger. And if you focus your attention on the negative things, and I'm not saying that negative things don't exist. I got lots of negative things in my life. I've got things right now that I guarantee you, if I was to focus on them and just be absorbed with them, then I guarantee my problems would get bigger than God. But this is something I live constantly. Even though I don't deny that I have problems and things that I need to deal with, you know what? I magnify God and I go back and I thank Him for what I've already been through. You know, I remember a time, this has been 25, 30 years ago. It's been a long time ago. And we were having a board meeting at my house. I just finished my annual board meeting last week. But this was like 25, 30 years ago. We were having a board meeting in my house 
and the financial situation in our ministry was so bad that our board just said, you're bankrupt. You can't go on. We've got a responsibility. We're going to close the ministry down. They said, we don't want to do it, but that looks like it's the only option. And you know what? I said, well, let's pray. And so while we were praying, I just started reminding them. I said, look, I don't know how, but God has brought me through before. And I said, we're going to make it. And so while we were praying, my mother, who opened the mail at that time, she called us and she says, we just got a check for $60,000. At the time, that was the largest gift I'd ever received. It was more than enough to cover the situation and we came through. Years later, it's probably 10 years later, I had a man who was running my ministry who was a banker. And this banker uh, basically came to the same situation that we had been in before. And he says, man, we're just in a bind. Uh, we aren't going to make it. And he was bothered, and he was bothered that I wasn't bothered. And he said, how come this doesn't bother you? Don't you realize? And he kept trying to say, you do not realize what's going on. And I said, you aren't remembering the things that God has done in the past. Now, of course, he wasn't there during that time, so that's one of the reasons he didn't remember it. But because I had gone through and rehearsed my victories, and I remembered when we were praying, and my board said, we're going to shut you down, and we had a $60,000 gift come in the mail. Uh, I remember that, and because I did, I magnified God. I glorified God. I made Him bigger. I was thankful, and because of that, my faith began to work, and praise God, we came through that situation too. And I'm saying it's the same thing for every person watching this program. God has a perfect plan for your life. And if you are moving in the direction that God has for you, well, then there is supernatural ability to enable you to overcome, to persevere through whatever's coming against you. But it doesn't just happen automatically. There are some things that you need to do to unclog and to let that flow of God flow through you. What do you do? Well, you start glorifying God. That means you put more value on Him than you do on that problem. And you do that by focusing your attention. And part of that is to be thankful. If you will go back and remember the previous times that God has been faithful to you and come through for you, it will help build your faith and encourage you. And so these are things that you do. There's four things listed here. I've only been through two. This week, I'm starting to talk about imagination. And on our program tomorrow, I'm going to start sharing some things with you about imagination that will just uh, literally change your life. This is something that has worked big time in my life. And I think that most people don't harness the power of your imagination the way that you should. So this is going to be critical. So I encourage you to tune back in. Also, remember that I've got this book entitled Discover the Keys to Staying Full of God. I have CDs and DVDs that deal with this, and we've got a study guide. And you know, this is... We've had a study guide on this for a while, but now we're printing our own. It doesn't have the spiral binding, and on the inside, there's a place that you can go for a PDF download. I'm not sure what the proper terminology is. But anyway, you can get all of this printed out so that you can disciple other people. If you'll listen, our announcer is going to give you all of the details about how to receive these products. And I encourage you to get them for yourself and also so that you can share this with some other people. It will change your life. So get these products. Join me again tomorrow as we continue the gospel truth. 
Andrew's complete series titled Discover the Keys to Staying Full of God is available in either a CD album or in a DVD album made from our daily television broadcast. This teaching is also available in book form, or you can get it in a companion study guide which will deepen your personal understanding and is perfect for Bible studies, home groups, and Sunday schools. Each of these valuable resources is available for a gift of any amount. Or if you prefer, these products are available as part of the Discover the Keys package. This package includes the book, the companion study guide, and your choice of either the CD or DVD album. This package has a catalog value of $80, but you can receive all of these valuable resources today for a gift of $55. Go to awmi.net to see all the ways you can get this teaching. The individual topic highlighted on today's broadcast is available as an audio CD for a gift of any amount when you write or call. We encourage everyone to give because there's a blessing in giving. But if you're simply unable to afford it, Andrew and his partners will provide today's teaching free of charge. You can become a Grace Partner or order resources through our website at awmi.net or call our helpline Monday through Friday from 4.30 a.m. to 9.30 p.m. Mountain Time at 719-635-1111. We appreciate your generosity and hope to hear from you today. We'd like to point out Andrew's upcoming speaking schedule. Mark your calendars to come meet Andrew at one of these events and let the Word of God transform your life. In the month of June, Andrew will be at the Sanctuary in Woodland Park for the Kingdom Business Summit with guest speakers Willie Robertson, Dr. Henry Cloud, Andrew Mason, Lance Walnow, Paul Milligan, Billy Epperhart, Dr. Dean Radke, and Karen Conrad. In July, Andrew will be at the Sanctuary in Woodland Park, Colorado for the annual Summer Family Bible Conference. Guest speakers include Barry Bennett, Stephen Bransford, Carrie Pickett, Greg Moore, Wendell Parr, Paul Milligan, Lawson Perdue, Billy Epperhart, Mark Coward, and Congressman Bob McEwen. Bring your family and join us for great teaching, delicious barbecue, and a special patriotic musical production titled, In God We Trust. Next, Andrew will be in College Park, Georgia for Dr. Creflo Dollar's Grace Life Conference. Later in July, Andrew will be back in Woodland Park to host the Stand for Truth and Liberty Conference with special guests Bishop E.W. Jackson, David Barton, William Federer, Iverson Jackson, Cecil Bly, Alan West, Tim Barton, and Dr. Melvin Johnson. Also in July, Andrew will be hosting a special Karis Day live stream event. Please note that the main campus in Woodland Park will not be open to guests. This event will take place only at participating Keras Extension campuses worldwide. For more details on Andrew's next meeting in your area, visit our website at awmi.net. Welcome to the AWM Minute, a small glimpse on how the friends and partners of Andrew Womack Ministries and Keras Bible College are making a difference in lives around the world. Lives like Johan, a former drug dealer from Holland. 
While in prison, Johann had a supernatural encounter with Jesus, where instead of shame and condemnation, he felt God's unconditional love and grace. Without proper knowledge of the Bible, Johann's liberty in Christ was stolen by the enemy in the form of works-based religion. That is, until he came across Andrew Womack on YouTube. My eye fell on the teaching of a better way to pray. I was thrown back into the same freedom that I had when I was receiving Jesus in my prison cell. Since then, Johan and his wife Brenda have graduated Karis Netherlands and are actively sharing the gospel throughout Holland and Brazil. To see Johan's full grace encounter, visit awmi.net today.